0: what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun. hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at Diddy nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers now as usual of me old buddy me old pal if i'm a bit subdued it's because i'm knackered it's at it hedgehog peter jones what's going on buddy so i'm good buddy how are you I'm not too bad. I'm tired, Pete. Tired.
1: Have you not recovered from staying up last Thursday night or...
0: Yeah, it's it's Zombie Friday. The older you get, the worse it get. It just goes across multiple days. Now I tell you what, work's kicking me in the bum. It's a pain in my pants. And uh, when I look at the state of the Packer fandom um, on social media, it tires me out. Wears me out. I'm fed up with it. Um, and I just find that you know we may be first place uh, in the NFC North. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but we're also first place in the biggest moaners of of fandom ever. I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's annoying Pete. I don't know what it is. People are clamouring for new players. Uh saying the old coach the the this what really got this is what really got me goed up. I saw a comment that said during the game, this is why we're never gonna get anywhere with Aaron Rodgers. Like that's what like one of those essay questions, Pete. We're not gonna get anywhere with Aaron Rodgers. Discuss the ridiculousness <laughs> of, that, that, <laughs> of that statement, especially after that, the game.
1: That wasn't one of my comments at three o'clock in the morning, was it?
0: I don't think so, no. and not unless you have a phantom profile. <laughs> Maybe it's you two Pete. Maybe you are spouting hate here on a fake profile. I don't know. Oh man, uh, uh,
1: and and of all weeks for somebody to be saying that when he played the best game that he's played in in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's bonkers. I mean, like some of the stuff that stands out to me with Aaron Rodgers since we're on the since we're on the topic, and this is gonna be a scatty podcast. So this is a double whammy podcast. We're talking Eagles, and then we're gonna do quick snaps. You doing a peek? You doing it? You doing it? Yep. You doing it? I'm doing it. And so, uh, I love doing that. Me and Pete do it together on the reg. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a couple of plays that stand out to me. Obviously, um, the dime to Devontae Adams on the sideline was amazing. Uh, There was a pass as well that he did. It was like in triple coverage almost. It was like between three defenders again to Devontae Adams. And of course, like people are going to focus on the shortfalls this is the thing and I, I heard this on another podcast it was just a general nfl podcast um, where they talk about you know how fans rate quarterbacks and how quarterbacks stand out to them so if you have like aaron Rodgers pulls out these crazy plays like these hail marys and he is hailed as the best thing since sliced bread and rightly so but then you'll get a crap quarterback who will make a dime of a throw in a clutch situation when he's just tanked all game. He'll win the game and all of a sudden he's a hero. Like, I, mean, I guess case in point is Tim Tebow, you know, when he was playing <laughs> uh, all those years ago. So he was terrible. But then all of a sudden he'd get to the playoffs and then he beat the Steelers and then people were like, oh my God, can he really do it? And it, they just get this cult following. So Pete, I don't know what it is um, with people sort of turning against a And I don't know what it is against people turning against the franchise when we're 3-0 uh, we go three and one and all of a sudden it's like everything's it's such recency bias. Now correct it me is. if I'm ranting from tiredness but like it's such recency bias right where you have we do well and we're like yay and then we lose one game we're like boo. <laughs> it's just it's so juvenile it's unbelievable. I get that people are frustrated and I get why they're frustrated in the sense that we could have won this game multiple times Um, and I guess we're, we're going to dive into that but at the same time can we put stuff in perspective just a tad? Yeah
1: and I think that I think that sometimes it's 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 a good thing to not immediately put into into writing probably how you're feeling in the in the moment of despair at the end of a game that you could have won. Yes, probably, probably even even if you type it, don't send it. (laughs) Go to bed, go to sleep, sleep on it, wake up and then see how you feel. And then if you still feel the same way. Still don't send it. Go to, <laughs> go to sleep
0: and try again. Kind of like what again. they do, yeah. And
1: do and, that for yeah. do that for seven to ten days on the trot, <laughs> and then the next game will have come along by that by that point, and then just yeah. discard it and carry on.
0: Yeah, that's it. Write it. Go hover <laughs> over the tweet button, but then delete that also, because <laughs> no one wants to hear your crap. No, but that's the, yeah, but no, but that's the thing is that it's um. It's annoying. It's really annoying to me. And I don't know if it's annoying to someone else. And I don't know if someone's listening to this going, oh, you can't tell me not to be disappointed. But it's kind of like, come on. To me, this game comes down to a couple of key factors. Um, Number one, the Eagles are a damn good team. Uh, Number two, they did very well offensively to negate what we were doing defensively. Um, They literally, and Matt LaFleur talked about it, Pete, didn't he? When he talked about... Someone said to him, like, what happened again with the run defense? And he said, that's what we have to figure out. And I don't want people to use this as a blueprint. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, yeah. teams are targeting us up the middle. They're staying away from the Smiths on the edge. Um, and they're going right up the middle. And as well, a really concerning part of this game for me was was just the lack of production from Kenny Clark. Um, In the sense that, you know, he was single. Can you call it single teamed? You know, he was man on man, yeah. one on one. Um, and he was easily handled. Now, that's not a slight on Kenny Clark. I'm a big fan of Kenny Clark. Um, but in this game, you know, we didn't cover ourselves in glory. And they just ran up the gut. They, they opened up uh, running lanes, seemingly at ease, Pete. And um, they used tight ends to get to the uh, the second level. And they just shored up. Our... Because that's the thing as well. I mean, we don't have linebackers, big linebackers or big lads up front to try uh, stunt to run and we, we end up getting pushed around by big tight ends they broke up in running lanes they've got some good running backs and we got ran all over on the night that's that's factor one factor two is the fact that the field position that we were giving the eagles to do their work was shocking as well between mason crosby uh, kicking the ball out of bounds and starting at the 40 uh, between special teams you know getting one block at the point of contact and running up the sideline with our our prized kicker, who kind of made a balls of it on the night by, I guess kicking short and allowed him to run back, uh, and him having the tackle. Um, a- sanders or saunders sanders um out the sideline and they got a 60 yard return they're gonna score in those positions and also barnett who should have been kicked out of the game in my opinion with that dodgy tackle on jamal williams he gets the strip sack um fumble and then it's picked up and then they have what 17 yards to go to to get a score so how can we defend against that and what i found was is that when i was looking at the game and sort of writing stuff down is when we gave them a long field we tended to get them off the field in those instances whereas when we gave them a short field they scored and as well as that when we gave them a scoring opportunity and they were in the red zone there were five for five in those scoring opportunities where we were what three for seven or whatever it was including that thing that i keep getting seen bantied around the internet with you know from the one yard line Um, and again that was a flaw it was it was bad play execution bad plays But at the same time, Pete, it seems obvious, right? A good offense, a guy who didn't let the edge rushers get to him because he got the ball out quick, uh, bad field position. uh, We can't defend against the run and we're going to lose. And on top of that, and this is the last thing I'll say, because I know people are bored to hell of my voice, uh, most notably you, Pete, I'd say at this stage, is the fact that we let the Eagles put up 34 points. Every other team, we have kept them within a certain amount of points. 27 is a really respectable number, especially because we could have put up more at the same time. So, you know, we're holding Vikings to 16, Broncos to 16, Bears to 3. Had we done that again, we would be two or three touchdown leaders. And with that momentum and with that gap in the game, you could nearly run away with the game and try some inventive stuff. But we were kind of pinned against it, chasing our tails. And that's what happened in this game. It's not. And as, as we talked about in pre-prod, and I know I said I'd stop about seven minutes ago. But as we talked about in pre-prod, we were in a position to win this game. So is it all that bad? And we just correct some of those issues and take the ball away, which we didn't do. We didn't even get a tackle for a loss. And had we done any of those things, well, then potentially this game could have worked out better, but it didn't. But I don't think it's doom and gloom. So
1: uh, there we go. There was our, <laughs> there was our review of the um, Packers-Eagles in week four. On the quick uh, steps. I, 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 mean, I think you summed it up very nicely. I, I, we always talk about one or two plays making the difference in a game mm. and you know when 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 the points difference is seven points at the end of game you can find i mean you've probably listed six or seven specific plays there any one of which had gone the packers way then then the packers are likely to have won this game or at least taken taken it into into overtime so i don't think it's all it's all doom and gloom um, but i am concerned as you quite rightly started with the, the run defense is an issue and with the Cowboys coming up this weekend it remains <laughs> remains a big issue yeah um and you're absolutely right I mean I didn't hear that Lafleur um presser but you're absolutely right until they stop it teams are just going to keep doing it and you're spot on about Kenny Kenny Clark was controlled one on one by Jason Kelsey, absolutely. Now Kelsey's an All Pro center, so yeah. I, I, I'm not. We don't need to get too down on on Kenny Clark. That's just what happened, and you know when that happens, if you looked at the the offensive line of of the Eagles, they were getting to the second level. Blake Martinez made you know 105 tackles, but they were all 13 yards down the field, um, which is becoming a little bit of the modus operandi of the Packers run, run defense. And, and you, you're spot on about the Packers couldn't get the right matchup for the two tight ends that, that Philadelphia put on, put on the field. So we, we touched on um, Zach Hertz on the quick snaps last week and, you know, Dallas, Dallas Goddard as well. And, and the Packers couldn't quite work out who or how to match those, in particular the second the second tight end you know at one point josh jackson was matched up against him um another point it was b j goodson they they just couldn't get the right the right match and yeah it was it was a struggle defensively but it was the best by far the best offensive performance of the of the season and you know that twenty seven points could easily have been thirty four could easily have been Forty. Yeah. Um, so I can't get down. Certainly on the on the on the pass offense, the run offense not 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 so clever. And as often happens with NFL games, you know, Packers turned the ball over twice. The Eagles didn't turn the ball over. And 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 and, and I don't know what the percentages are, but you know, teams that turn the ball over less than the other team winner huge percentage of the games so I I think there's a lots of positives to be taken out of it but there's also you know I think we go into next week with a lot of trepidation particularly around that around that run defense
0: yeah I mean there's injuries too there's a couple of things that will concern me and I guess because it's the double whammy podcast I mean let's blend the two I guess Um, in the sense that obviously we've the injuries so Kevin King Brian Balag is a massive one because uh, Alex Light didn't do a whole lot on the night when he came in I found that when he did come in and maybe it works out as, as an advantage that Aaron Rodgers was running for his life so made plays happen um, instead of standing back there there was some nice clever uh, disguise stuff that happened too that showed Aaron Rodgers' football IQ you know, not that we need a reminder um, there was a screen pass and Aaron Jones got sort of caught up in the muddle um, and Aaron Jones ended up using um, the you know the the blocking up front by the big man um, downfield to follow what Aaron Jones should have been doing on his screen uh, to get a run for 14 yards so that was decent so it goes to show like um, and I don't know if, if that's going to be a pointer to the Packers brass to look at stuff like that and go they're not going to want to do but uh, you know is there an option there for Aaron Rodgers to get downfield uh, and put that as an option in the play um, the thing that concerns me really is the fact that 25% uh, a quarter of our first downs, which was 31, came from penalties, which, um, according to Bob McGinn, is the most that we've ever uh, got from penalties. So we'd have to look at it: Are we moving the ball so freely because we, you know, this pass interference stuff came up? Uh, Dare we mention pass interference because of what happened with the <laughs> challenge uh, with MVS, um, and that's a problem. And he came out even after and said that he threw the flag knowing it was pass interference but not knowing if he'd get it, um, yep. and he didn't get it, and that's a problem, Pete. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the the scoring drives that we went on, so we start at the 10-yard line, that ends in the Aaron Jones touchdown, which was a fantastic touchdown, by the way, especially on the night that we couldn't get the run going and a condensed field. Um, Aaron Jones was wrapped up before he made... Uh, and broke the plane uh, but he's still little spin move and found his way over and um, again the Packers on their second possession start on the 10 yard line now yes it ends in a field goal uh, so maybe big who cares from people uh, but again the third and seven on the goal line um, you know there was a tip pass to Adams as well that was a good defensive play um, you know so there's plenty of positives to be had but of course going in against Dallas Pete can like for instance, and this is what I'm dying to know your thoughts on this. Our biggest Achilles heel, because we're like the fourth worst in the NFL with run defense, um, is that can this be fixed? Because we don't have the linebackers or big lads in there to stop the run. We're we're trying to sort of patch over our lack of talent in that regard. And like you say, uh, Blake Martinez making a ton of tackles, but because he's getting engaged, um, you know he's he's ended up making them after four six ten yards which is just not good enough because they're going to get the first down anyway and as well as that we're totally incapable of protecting against uh you know third and one third and inches because carson wentz i think is perfect on the season with that type of stuff so he's a big lad and he can get it done but when it comes down to short yardage we seem to be able to just give that up uh with no hassle whatsoever just i don't know if this can be mended can it
1: um i don't think it can i don't think it can be mended. I think it's one of those things where can you can you find a way to paper over the cracks for long enough um, for long enough in a, in a in a game to get you in a position to to win that game so you know can you paper over your run run defense long enough to get into a fourteen point lead and take them out of the running game and that and that kind of thing um, you you look at it and um it's difficult to 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 believe that they can fix it using you know the the nickel and dime defense that they that they spend fifty percent plus of the of the of the time in so, you, so you're thinking that they've either got to play a little bit more a little bit more base defense or they've got to they've got to play those those safeties in the box more than more than they do um which then exposes you to to the pass, so, so you, you know you, you you have the potential to be trying to fix one problem and creating another another issue. And against um, a multi-dimensional offense like the Cowboys have got, you know they can beat you with the run, they can beat you with the pass. And I'm not I'm not going to have any of this. Dak Prescott can't do it because he can do it, <laughs> and he's got the and he's got the weapon weapons to do it. You know with a Murray Cooper and those guys. So I think it's I think it's going to be extremely difficult um, for the Packers with the personnel that, that they've got. And, it, you know, the personnel kind of is what it is at this stage, at this stage of the season. And, and yes, we're hoping to get Oren Burks back soon, but again, that guy's completely unproven. Yeah. So, 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 you know, in all fairness to to him, let's not pretend he's the second coming of Ray Nitschke because we don't know what he is. Um so i th- i think it's it's going to be one heck of a one heck of a task for 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 Petting to do the the only positive to that is who would you rather have running the running the defense with that task in front of them and you know you think if anybody can come up with um a system can come up with some defensive formations. Can come up with some plays. Can come up with some strange fangled stuff that will get the job done. You think that's Mike Padding. Yeah. So, 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 so I think he's 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 earned our trust, if you will. He's earned our respect and and whatever in in that. If anybody can get the get a decent job done, it's him.
0: Yeah. And as well as that, to flip to the other side, then I mean we see Devontae Adams having that turf toe, we really don't know what his status is going to be. I reckon we can probably assume he's not going to play against the Cowboys, but I don't think they're going to tip their hand. Um, I I think that's right. So, you know, and turf toe is notoriously bad. Uh, It's extremely painful and it can last a very long time. There's no real sort of... Come back. They can't. It's not one of those injuries, Pete. Is it that they can say, oh, three to four weeks"?
1: No, it's it's really difficult. I mean, you know, St- Sterling Sharp, who we all who we all love, suffered from turf toe for at least half of his career. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he, you know, tough, tough, tough receiver was out there every Sunday. Never practiced. So, so he, you know, obviously, high class re- receiver, but. He was never fit once, once. Once he had that turf toe problem, he never really was 100% fit from that from that point onwards. And and you know, and there are degrees of turf toe, and, and Adams could even be worse than Sharp's was. Well, we just we just don't know at this stage. But yeah. not a nice not a nice injury.
0: No, it's one of those resurgent ones too. That once you get it, it can yeah. kind of keep coming back to haunt you. Yeah. Um, again, not to put kind of a, a dampener on the season or whatever. Because what I will say is is that. You know, for the early part of the season, we actually found it quite hard to get Devonte Adams going. Um, And there was this constant narrative, we need to get Devontae the ball more. We need to get Jimmy Graham the ball more. And that was one of the shining lights. Uh, let's not mention the fact that he tried to jump up and catch the ball with one hand instead of two. But uh, Jimmy Graham was got going. Uh, gets himself a touchdown. MVS, um, I felt, did did really well on the night. Dronoma uh, Allison, again, did really well. Put his body on the line between those two defenders to come down with that catch had the wherewithal to get up and place the ball down for the refs uh, so that people could run up to the line, again, showing some football IQ, and ends up getting the touchdown then as well, which was sort of a a leaping grab, uh, which wasn't the most accurate of throws, but probably in the place that you need it. So when it comes to the Cowboys game, I'm not... Obviously, I'm, over, I'm I'm massively concerned because we need all the weapons that we can get. But um, I'm not sort of down on the fact that if we don't have Devontae Adams, that we're going to struggle. Maybe this forces Lefleur Le uh, to do really inventive stuff that we were promised as well, because we haven't seen a whole lot of the fullback, have we, Pete? Danny Vitale to come in? Maybe this is the time to use him.
1: No, I I I I agree, and you know, it it sometimes it takes an opportunity for one of these guys to step forward um, that where they're, where they're not overshadowed and, 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 what have you. And, you know, there's been a number of occasions in the past where teams have gone into games without, you know, their top receiver or the top running back and, and the next guy up all of a sudden steps forward is a guy that no, nobody had even hardly seen and, and, and steps forward. And, you know, I think that, yeah, there's, there's no doubt that the Packers are a receiver short. Whether that's a slot guy, whether that's a real threat at at, at tight end, um, whether that's you know the second wide receiver, there's no doubt that the Packers are a receiver short. However, you know there's a chance that that receiver may be on the roster. He just hasn't yet stepped hasn't yet stepped forward. And all of these guys, I mean, if you look back to Devontae Adams and his first his first two years I mean you talk about social media going berserk over over players and stuff Well, social media went absolutely berserk over Devontae Adams in his first first couple of seasons shouldn't be on the roster don't know why they've drafted him couldn't catch a cold etc etc and and now here we are two three four five years later and he's in the top five in in the the NFL so you know there is a chance that one of those guys whether it's mvs whether it's kumaro who's probably still got his shoulder injury so i doubt that he's going to play sunday whether it's shepherd whether it's geronimo allison one of them may have a career game sunday
0: yeah i mean it's not that long ago i can't remember and this is completely off the top but a dome but there was definitely a game that geronimo allison had an absolutely ridiculous game to the set like he got crazy numbers so i wouldn't put a pass that happening here now do we need some help Absolutely, you know we're gonna to have to do some inventive stuff. Oh yes, but the thing is, Robert Tanya got a good run out. He actually got more snaps than Mercedes Lewis, who I felt um, did a good job on hurtling people. Not such a good job at trying to block, um, which and which Barnett ended up getting that um, that fumble from Aaron Rodgers. So, so, so,
1: so isn't isn't that worrying though? So that's at least the third time we've seen this season where. The Packers tight end, and it usually appear, usually ends up being poor old Jimmy Graham. But the Packers yeah. tight end has ended up one on one on on you know the opposing team's number one edge rusher. Yeah. Um, and it, like you say, this week it was it was Lewis on on Barnett, but that's that's odd to me. I, d- I don't know what's going on there. Whether that's um, I don't know. You can't imagine that the system's designed to have your tight end trying to block. Barnett or Khalil Mack or whoever one-on-one
0: I would hazard a guess that it's a good defensive play where they switch it up and they see the the coverage or whatever and they just blow it open I can't imagine Pete like I think you've alluded to before there's no way that's a designed play uh that has to happen like that it's kind of last resorts but one thing that's kind of annoyed me over the last while has been uh Jimmy Graham's body language there was a couple of times over the last couple of games, and certainly the the game just gone, uh, where you know pressure leaks in, Aaron Rodgers rolls out, and Jimmy Graham is making a run up the the sideline. Now the commentator said that Aaron Rodgers threw it away. It looked all in the world to me that he was trying to hit Jimmy Graham for just a couple of yards, but Graham just turned his back on the play completely. It was
1: yeah. it. it I feel I feel that I feel the same way. I mean, I feel the same way about that play, and I feel the same way about. About JG's body language as well, and I think I think that doesn't endear him to you know the fans, the Twitterati, as it as it were. Um, you know, even if it even if that plays not on him, even if that's not his fault, whatever else, it um it look it has a bad look and feel about it.
0: Yeah, do you know what? Did you ever watch the Fast Show? and well it was all these skits and there was was a part in it where it was two sort of petulant teenagers and it's kind of this you know and it's them (laughs) hanging their shoulders and like flailing their arms and putting their head down it's a totally resigned look that I get off Jimmy Graham like we've all had bad days I've had bad days in the office it's that's what I get I just get it's a bad day at the office for Jimmy Graham most of the time it's like you know he can't come down with the ball he doesn't get the ball when he does have an opportunity he doesn't make it and he's just moping around and on top of that, Pete, and again, I know I am a certified and qualified expert at footballing body language. But when I look at Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, like usually for me, now I don't know whether he's tempering his anger uh, because of Matt LaFleur, which I'll say now I don't believe he is because he gave Matt LaFleur a royal right old And But like I thought he would call Jimmy Graham out. He'd give him the debts there. He would do something. But even Aaron Rodgers, it's. There's something worse than being sort of balled out of it. And that's just to someone to go, yeah, fine. That's what I expect, I guess. You know, it's just to sort of assume. And that's what I get from Aaron Rodgers. He turns away from those plays and he just strolls back to the thing kind of looking sideways. You know, not at Jimmy Graham, but sort of like, yeah, fine. You know, it's sort of so accepting that that's the level of play that we're going to get. Now, he stepped up in this. But again, I don't particularly see it as an indicator of his career, you know. And he's because he got the most targets, I think, that he has since last year. I don't think this is like trending up for Jimmy Graham. But I will wait and see if there is any impact in the game against the Cowboys. Because the only way that I see that this is actually trending up for me would be if um, they have to design more stuff for him um, and try make him a, a focal point against the Cowboys because Adams is not going to be there.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I it will be inter- it'll be interesting this week. If ever there was a game that you needed him to step up, it was it's this it's this Sunday. And I think and I think we could say that about a, a lot of guys. This is a real test, real test. I mean, it be it's a real real test even without the injuries, but with with the injuries, with the loss of Adams, with with Belaga hurt, we don't yet know what his status for Sunday will be. Um this is where you you really need your big players to 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 step up.
0: Yeah, um, for me, the game against the Eagles wasn't all bad. I think that it's really promising. We were starting at our ten yard line, where we're working our way up the field. Yes, we'd love to come away with more points instead of field goals, and yes, we'd love to be able to punch it in and maybe run the ball uh, from the one yard line. But again, we were getting run stuffed all evening, so I kind of understand what happened there too. Uh, I, I mean, I,
1: I get it. I mean, it's one of those situations where, with the benefit of hindsight, it looks bad. Yeah, four, four pass attempts from the from the one yard line. However, if the second one had been caught for a touchdown, we wouldn't even be having the conversation. Yeah. Um, so the benefit of hindsight easy. I mean, I've, I've seen games where, in fact, I believe it was the Philadelphia 4th and twenty-six playoff game from whatever year that was, 2003, 2004, where the Packers ran, I, I do believe, four attempts from the one-yard line. And didn't get in, and it was the turning. It was the turning point in the in the game. Mm. So it works. It works both ways. Um, it you know Vince did the same thing in the now. Now I am delving back into history. In, in, in you now in the NFL championship game in 1960, also against the Eagles, which is why it's suddenly come to my mind. Yeah. Um, Vince had four attempts to get in early in the game, and they didn't get in. And it was one of his biggest regrets that they never kicked the field goal in because that was the one playoff game, the championship game that they lost under under Vince. So that stuff happens. It happens to the best teams and the best the best coaches. And I have to be honest with you, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I have a problem that they didn't get in. I have a problem that they didn't score on one of those plays. But I don't really have a problem with, with the play calling too much on it.
0: Yeah, and just let me say this, and this is what we all get uh, stuck into doing. We are specialists in the sense that we focus on the Packers exclusively, right? Um, Now, I know you sort of, you do your power ranking stuff um, and you have a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of a a lot of the NFL um, and there are certain teams that sort of hit your radar. You were on other podcasts from time to time, um, even for other teams. So you kind of see a different side Um, I'm the same uh, with Sunshine 106.8 every Saturday. It's not only Packers. It's actually most of the time, very rarely Packers, mostly Antonio Brown. But like I would look at, (laughs) um, as of late, I would look at all of the NFL and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I have to kind of delve in and do an analytical look and then break that down and simplify it and put it out on the airwaves. So I would sort of, I'm forced to look at different teams. And what you can get is, is you can get Packers blinker syndrome. Where you only see the Packers, you only support the Packers, you have a fleeting interest in other teams, you watch a couple of highlights, you listen to a couple of NFL podcasts, um, but you know you don't really get down and dirty with the other teams. And that shows in the sense of the outrage with this game um you know the fact that no one realized that the eagles were a good team which they are uh, that they were underperforming in in prior weeks which they were and the fact that they've got running backs uh, which they do so if you're going to say that this is completely out of left field the eagles were coming back to center after a couple of disappointing weeks um you know this was a team who were tipped to be super bowl favorites at one stage uh they've a stacked roster you know on paper pete i'd heard that these were the best roster in the nfl they've picked up a couple of injuries you know they've a couple of defensive starters that are down uh the jackson again an awful lot's made out of him but they've got we've we've seen like you said goddard um, zack so the thing is this is a really good team and we could have beaten this team we could have been four and i
1: and i think that's an excellent way to look at it um is the Packers have just played even up with one of the best teams in the NFC? Yeah. You know, and one or two plays here and there, and, and the results reverse. So they've just played even up with one of the best teams in the NFC. They haven't played even up with one of the best teams in the NFC or the NFL for I don't know how long. Mm. You know, you look at the last the last couple of couple of seasons certainly, probably since Rodgers first hurt his shoulder with the, with the bar hit, they've probably not played extremely well against one of the top teams in the NFL since then.
0: Yeah. And even poor teams, Pete, I mean, haven't we been steamrolled by some poor teams? Yeah. where like, what is going on? So, so I think,
1: yeah, so I think it's a really good way of looking at it. And, and it's a perspective thing. And we, you know, we move on to, to, to Dallas on Sunday. It's going to be a, a very tough game that we probably on paper would expect probably to, to lose, but we hope that the guys are going to step forward. But uh, it's, I think they're in a better place as a whole than where I expected them to be after four, after you know a quarter a quarter of the season.
0: Yeah, same. Um, I mean, we could have been tipped to lose every game at the start, but we didn't. Um...
1: Yep. And and you know you you're quite right in what you say. I think because we all focus, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or as much time as we've got on on the Packers and what's and what's going on there. And then you you just see the highlights or the highlight reels and, and whatever about other teams, and they seem to be doing all kinds of stuff that we don't do. Um, but what we're not seeing is is the flip side.
0: Mm.
1: You know, we're not seeing all the bad plays. We're not seeing somebody else's attempt to get in from the one yard line and not getting in. Um, you know, we're not seeing teams getting sacked eight times like the Bengals. Are, and I know it's the Bengals, but they, you know, the <laughs> la, you know la, last night. We're not seeing all kinds of Funny stuff that's going on with 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 other teams. So it's not a bad place to be. The Packers are a, th- a three and one, as you said earlier, top of the top of the NFC North. Now we're in a really tough conference. You know, there's 11, there's eleven teams in the NFL that have got one or or zero losses, and eight of those eleven are in the NFC, unfortunately. But you know, some of that will work will work its way out as those teams you know start start to play each other um, so it's 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 not a bad place to be and i i just get the feeling that once we get through this next stretch of three games so dallas detroit and the oakland game where you guys will be making sure that you can't bring home the victory oh, on yes. the uk packers trip um i want i think we'll have a clearer view of what of what this of what this team is um i don't i don't think it's in a bad bad place at all
0: no I think we're fine and I just think you know anybody who has Packers blinker syndrome uh, needs to go and visit a doctor I will write you a prescription actually in fact the prescription is this podcast so the thing is is and as well as that I mean we did fine on a week that was opposite day. because if you look at uh, the Chiefs uh, you know the Lions were leading three times the Chiefs had to come back from behind at the very end and win it the Browns who couldn't get out and done um, all year the Ravens who were sort of riding high um, you know, a little bit bruised after that matchup with the Chiefs where they sort of went firepower for firepower. Uh, they get 40 points dropped on them uh, by the Browns, who couldn't get out and go. And the Patriots, by all intents, should have lost against the Bills. Yep. They had to smash their quarterback out of the game. Um, the Buccaneers dropped 55 points on the Rams. And the thing is, the Rams are one of the most ridiculous defenses in the NFL. And they got 55 points dropped on them yep. by a quarterback who's hot and cold. He decides whether he shows up or not. He, he does some really questionable pregame speeches which is enough to have him suspended from the NFL the same as Fontes Barfink Um, so this you know the the Bears again we when we look at that game the fact that Mitch Trubisky uh, who's you know not really covering himself in glory either won against Washington the day the the week before which is not really a big feat because you show up and they kind of Washington just say oh that's great you can have the win and so the thing is he gets rolled up uh, with his shoulder and they put in a second string quarterback albeit a very experienced one and because of their defense they only allow the vikings score six points adam thielen has something like 16 yards or something on the week uh, so they're absolutely shut down all of your weapons and they come away with the win with a second string quarterback they're a good team we beat them we beat the vikings um you know the jaguars with Minshew come back and beat the broncos the Cowboys get beaten by the Saints who are playing with Teddy Bridgewater, who people sort of thought, oh, well, there goes Breeze. You don't expect that from their yep. season. You know, I mean, look, the Titans show up all of a sudden and beat the Falcons. I'm not high on the Falcons. I think they're sort of hot and cold. They should be much better than they are. But the Titans who, you know, clobber their opponent week one, get embarrassed week two, come back week three. You know, like, it's just, it, it's a funny it, season.
1: It is. It 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 really, it really, really is. Um. So, yeah, it's... um. Any given, any given Sunday, Steve.
0: Yeah. Or, thur- or Thursday or Monday or
1: or or, or whichever day they they they're playing this week. Probably. Yes,
0: Saturday when the NFL tried to uh, you know <laughs> force a game on us, pretending there's a storm, a la you know the Steelers there a couple of years ago. And um, but Pete, I guess do we jump on to Dallas or have you got anything else to say? Yeah,
1: I guess, I guess there were just two points, and you touched. I guess you touched on both of these, and I just wanted to to get some more thoughts from you about a the pass interference stuff. Mm. Um and B was the the hit from um um Derek Barnett on on Jamal Williams and uh, and of course with what happened with the Raid with the Raiders game as well with um you're gonna remind me of his name, Fondantis Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um just how you feel about those two things.
0: Look, it, it. I think it's as simple as this, right? First off, Barnett should have been ejected from the game. That was that was sick. I mean, he was held up. He was being pushed back. So, you know, he wasn't advancing, which means the, the game, the play's over. Um, and as well as that, sort the, of the whistle blows. And then this guy makes no discernible action on the ball, doesn't try to rip the ball away. I mean, Jamal Williams is literally, he's at a standing stop. So why you'd need to launch yourself helmet to helmet against him is just sick and the fact that he was knocked out is gross so i think he should have been and the thing was is didn't that affect the game Pete? i mean this is a guy who caused the you know forced a fumble on aaron Rodgers. um so again it's kind of a sick twist that they get to start at the 17 yard line punching a touchdown because of this guy's play i think he should have been ejected whatever about this uh players coming to the defense of this uh raiders clown i mean he should be kicked out of the game for forever he's he's he targets people's heads um and whatever about antonio brown i mean this is so bad that guy is is that people attribute uh, antonio brown's seemingly irrational behavior to that time he got smacked in the head by this fella um who ended up pulling antonio brown away from the raiders gm uh when he said he was going to punch him which was all a stage thing for him to get to the patriots i know but the thing is is look if the if the nfl are going to want to do away with this stuff uh well then they need to do exactly what the with Fontes perfect or if that's his name I'm Irish um and then about the um pass interference right this is what I don't understand why are we still in the era of all of these replays and again like obviously I want I want to hear what you think about it but like first off it's it's clear and obvious and why do we because if you look at rugby right so what'll happen at rugby is is as we all know or some some people in America who don't really follow it that well maybe they don't so they go to the TMO tmo is in a separate place he reviews the footage and then tells the referee what to do why can't we do that why does it have to be it's it's so weird with such a technologically advanced game um, with you know the instant replays and all this type of stuff and like putting it down to minute detail that the ref has to jog off the field get underneath a booth with little earphones and watch the play back again like he's in his sitting room with popcorn i mean why you can't have the the officiating team that's outside of it and independent to overrule the refs in total and not allow them to make a decision whatsoever I don't know but it is kind of destroying the game in the sense that a play that you see is obvious did you hear that test that they said they should do Yeah. that you should get 50 guys in a pub and if all of them think it's a it's a penalty <laughs> but then it should be now I don't know how they would institute such a system um, I certainly think that they definitely should not do it in the UK or Ireland because they're not going to get really a, a, you know sort of a sober response uh, to an awful <laughs> lot of the stuff, like um, especially whatever fan leaning that they have. Um, but yeah, it's it's messy, and that's an indictment. The fact that Matt Lafleur came out and said, "I know it's a pass interference, and I'm going to challenge it," but I still don't know what the outcome is going to be, and that's a sorry part of this game. And it happens every year, doesn't it? Quarterback yeah. hits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think they've made a rod for their own back with this, and, and 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 yeah, it's obviously we we know it's in response to what happened in the NFC Championship game last season, but I'm not, I'm not sure to just replace one problem with another, with another problem here. Um, and you see, I think that human nature comes into this and I, and I think it's difficult for an official unless, and I know the wording is clear and obvious, but I think it has to be even more than clear and obvious to overrule what in essence is his own officiating team. Yeah. um, And and I think no matter how objective he tries to be, I think that's I think it's he's always going to come down where possible on the on the side of his own officiating team. The other the other problem they've they've got with is this is the first time that they've really instituted replay for what is, in essence, a judgment call. Mm. So everything else is, you know, as the ball crossed the plane of the goal line, yes or no. You know, that's a matter of fact, not a matter of opinion. Did the runner step out of bounds? Yes or no. Is a matter of fact, not a matter of opinion. And I know those calls can still be really close. But this one, you know, is such a subjective call. I mean, there was one later on, the other way round, where Kevin King yeah. just about touched the arm of the guy. Yeah. And I thought that one was going to be overturned. Um, And unfortunately, it, it, it wasn't because um, that would have been ludicrous if that one had been in the pack, as one hadn't. But I just got this sneaky feeling that that one was going to be overturned. But it's just, you no longer know what it is you're looking at, you know, as, as Lafleur described. And it's, it, it's, all a bit of a, it's all a bit of a mess. And I think we're going to find we default into this position as the season goes on, where less and less and less of them ever get overturned.
0: It's gas though, because we get the you know the updates from the NFL communications, and they they give us the explainer videos, um, and I love looking at. And someone put a a screenshot comparison. I said this is what the video said was a textbook pass interference and this was the MVS thing and that your man had his face both times buried in the receiver's <laughs> chest and I'm kind of like you know because some of them as you say is a judgment call like the Kevin King did he get there slightly early now to yeah. me was that pass interference I think it was I think he pushes his hand out of the way um, so maybe he should have got done for that right um, and I'm not one of these lads to be like oh well we got away with it's so happy days you know kind of like no I mean call the rule as consistent as you like yeah um, but the other one I think the most obvious in textbook one is is if the player doesn't whip his head around and he buries himself in the receiver to effectively push him away uh from the ball so how that wasn't called um i simply don't know but yeah it's it's like you know it's every year they just can't get something right like the catch, no, no one knew what that I, I, was
1: I, yeah no i i, I agree and, and the one at the end of the game i can absolutely understand that not being overturned um, and and when you see the still the still pictures, there's little doubt that the the defender got to M V S just before the ball got there. Yeah. But but I think it, I think in real time that's a bang bang play. Exactly. Yeah. That's very similar to the to the Russell Wilson interception in the Super Bowl on the last play of the game or you know, that the, the the Patriots won. If you if you if you freeze framed that, um, the defender got to the receiver just before the ball got there. But yeah, in that instance, I can, I can understand that not being not being overturned, um, which does remind me just of a, as a, that I saw a whole bunch of tweets and stuff that Lafleur should have thrown a red flag on that final play and all of that all of that kind of stuff. Mm. It's a reminder for everybody: it's not reviewable within the last two minutes of a game, nor is a turnover play reviewable, um, so by um, the coach. Coach cannot throw the red flag in the last two minutes of the of the game nor on a turnover play. Those are all booth reviews.
0: Yeah. Um and while we're at it, if we're just gonna throw in random stuff, also we don't have the cap space <laughs> to sign AJ Green, so we can stop that one too. So um, if we go on to uh, just it's well, facts, I, I
1: figured I figured they were gonna sign Antonio Brown and AJ Green. and Yeah, yeah,
0: just I mean, just sign everybody, anybody who's just out there, just just get them all in. It's fine. We uh, you know we let the lads worry about the money aspect in the Packers, and we're we can just say what we like. Um, <laughs> it's just some of the tropes that are out there are amazing. Um. So, yeah, look, the the Dallas game really, and if we're going to come down to quick snaps, and I know we've kind of touched on it throughout, it's just going to come down to run defence and how inventive they were going to be in offence. This is an incredibly good team. They're unbelievably efficient if you let them down into the red zone. I think they have, um, and I'll just actually, I read it and I said, eh, well, cool, that's not true. And then I'm going to look it up now just to make sure that it is. I believe they have... One hundred percent efficiency when they get to the red zone this season. Um which you let them in, uh they're just gonna score on you. And as well as that, uh let me see, yeah, the Dallas offense, by the way, has one hundred percent efficiency this season. So the Packers are twenty-fifth in the red zone with the efficiency of seventy-eight point six. So there you go. We get there, we get in three quarters of the time, Dallas get there, uh they punch it in each and every time. Now, uh can we extrapolate that into the future and say it's fact? No, but it's a very good indication. Um about just how good they are. Um, you know they've the third lowest red zone TD efficiency in the NFL as well so they only let people score 35% of the time they make it to the red zone so it's really stacked up against the Packers in this game as is the next game against the Lions unless uh, that game against the Chiefs was an outlier but it doesn't certainly doesn't look to be um, and after the stuff that they're doing they look to be very well coached as a team and a a pretty stout defense they made Patrick Mahomes and that's not quick snaps for uh, the Lions uh, but they certainly uh, you know put him off his keelter but where it sort of fits into this game is is if we lose this game we could go 3 games on the trot um of losing and then we have the raiders after their bye week um, I believe don't they? Uh, because they're playing in yep. London. Um. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be a tricky game. And as well as that, was what, what is Ezekiel Elliott really good at doing? He's he's really good at making himself small at the point of contact because a he's small, and also he has a really good technique to sort of fold himself into, you know, the width of a piece of paper. So you you're likely to get a paper cut um, if you go and try tackle Ezekiel Elliott. And as well as that, the gaps that we left in the run game is just on believable he doesn't even need to make himself small he could actually get carried by an old lineman as he lay out like one of those wedding photos where your legs are on one side and your heads on the other and they could baby carry him into the end zone with the size of the holes that we left in the run game and um, so again he's by all means not the only target but if they get the run going on the night they're just going to keep hitting the pete aren't they because ezekiel elliott is coming off his worst one of his worst games of his career against the saints and he's going to have an absolute bonanza against us when we go down to their house and play them which is also you know they have home field advantage so uh simply put this game is stacked up against us i don't expect us to get the win Um, i think are we capable of it absolutely but will we um i don't know it's it's going to be one of the the toughest games that we faced again this season so far,
1: yeah, absolutely, and it's one of the it's one of the toughest games on the schedule, even before the season started. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, disappointingly, I kind of think that the Packers will probably go down, um, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that somebody for the Packers that that maybe an MVS or. Um, a Robert Tonian as you mentioned earlier, somebody steps up and, and has a career game for the Packers on Sunday I've, I've just got a sneaking suspicion I don't know why that that might happen
0: right pin your colours to the master I have a player who I think is going to make a jump who do you think it's going to be um, the more random the better if it's Mason Crosby scores a touchdown <laughs> <laughs> off of you know he, he makes a tackle and they fumble it and he picks it up and runs it back to the house or something
1: yeah, now you're in Chester Markle
0: territory. <laughs> um, Peter, not having the words. This is an absolute UK no, practice I, first. I, you kind of put me on the spot. I,
1: I um, It's going to be Jimmy Graham. You think? Big game? Yeah. J- Jimmy Graham is going to have a breakout game.
0: With two catches?
1: It, <laughs> it's, going to have, it's going to catch 11 passes.
0: Yeah, great body language.
1: Three touchdowns. And smiling. He'll probably he'll probably drop two others as well, by
0: the way, but um... <laughs> and get blasted in uh you, you come in to block their best no, defensive end, I, of
1: course. I I really don't know, and I I and I can't even guess who's who's in your mind.
0: Right here's how it's gonna go down. Jamal Williams injured. Devontae Adams not on the field. Turf toe. So they're gonna have to put up with, uh, and I say put up with in the most kindly fashion. Um, MVS uh, Geronimo Allison. Um, so I reckon that they have no choice but to put Vitale out, which they did, in fact, um, against the Eagles. But I reckon that he gets purchased. I reckon that they finally have to work him into the game um, with, with some design screens. So I reckon that, and as well, they're going to be super conscious of the fact that Aaron Jones uh, got his heaviest workload of his career against the Eagles. So I reckon that they put Vitale out just to sort of, I reckon they go for, you know, we'll see Jones and Vitale on the field at the same time. Um And I reckon they'll bring in some tight ends. They'll do some creative blocking and they'll do some um, escape valve stuff with Vitale. And I reckon he has a big game and scores a touchdown Um, in this game, catches some passes. So I reckon he's going to be the jack of all trades in this game against Dallas. Um, But with regards to predicting the score, Pete, i have absolutely I'm having a rashers.
1: No, but as you were talking, no, me neither. As, as you were talking about Vitale, I was just thinking so maybe he'll throw a touchdown pass as well.
0: Yeah, he was a quarterback, when, wasn't he back in his day?
1: When when was the last time the Packers play? You know, ran a gadget play like that on offense? It's been a long time, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's needed. It's... We saw a little bit of inventiveness, didn't we, with Devontae Adams, where he was heavily used in the past, and then we had that uh, little toss to him. Um, so uh, yeah, he nearly got a, you know, he got a couple of yards for that. Could have been sprung loose. So maybe we see some inventive stuff. Pete, When are we gonna see uh, J.K. Scott keep the that rubber leg of his on the ground? And bang buying a big old pass on fourth down. Are we ever going to see <laughs> well, that happen?
1: Well, that's it, isn't it? And you think if ever there was a week where the team needed the boost of a of a trick play, mm. you know, a, a a JK Scott pass or a as you say, you know, half back option pass or just some just something that gives them a, a score that they otherwise wouldn't have got, this is the week, isn't it?
0: Well, Crabtree is very active on Twitter, so surely he can yeah. come back and coach us up or maybe even tug out. Who knows? who knows um but listen before we lose the run of ourselves there's going to be an awful lot packers fans um in wembley and surprise surprise and happy to for everyone to know that our uk packers discount link is now back active on the nfl europe shop it went missing for a while Uh, but it's uk packers 10 uh, so you can go to nfl europe or whatever the link is, just type in NFL Europe shop to Google and type in UK Packers 10 and you'll get yourselves 10% off um, in the NFL Europe shop. And you can do that pickup at the point um, at Wembley or whatever goddamn stadium this crap game is going to be played against. Say,
1: as, long, as long as they're not going on there to buy Bears stuff to wear on Sundays, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can buy it and the code <laughs> will work, but it also could be used as a highly flammable... Um, Alternative, you know, if your car breaks down and you pull over on the side of the road and need to cook sausages, uh, by all means, uh, throw <laughs> that stuff on the fire. um So, yeah, happy days. And also, a big shout out to Michael, who's our new Patreon supporter. He's got onto that $5, uh, I think they do it by dollars, which is great. Um, so, the $5 a month tier, a month th- tier. And if you do that after six months, we scoop up all your cash and we go to the manufacturer, we buy you a t shirt, send it out free postage. And if you choose to support after that point, it helps us pay the electricity bills in this place. Um, so we truly thank you for that. So, Pete, any final words or forever held your peace?
1: I'm forever holding my peace, Steve, but thank you.
0: That's right. You. We will hold our peace for the rest of the thing. And we don't mean to be, you know rubbishing some of the some of the Packers stuff, saying that we're going to lose this game against the Cowboys but we're being realists at the same time this is a pretty tough game as is the the one against the Lions but don't worry we're going to bring back the W when we go over to Lambeau Field um, on week 7 and if anybody is going to that trip and they're listening to the podcast um, well then Ben from Touchdown Trips will have sent you a an email And we've set up a WhatsApp group, which is kind of like a a pre-tour and during-tour and post-tour WhatsApp group, so that everybody can get acquainted and get to know each other and their six senses of humour before we go away to Green Bay. So if you're a listener and you haven't done that, you can just email us info at UKPackers.co.uk. Hit me up at stddnfl or the group at ukpackers. Uh, or at Facebook, which is UK Packers, or Instagram, you can DM us a picture uh, holding up um, a refill pad with your number written on it. If you're so inventive uh, on Instagram as well, so just get your digits to us. I'll add you to that WhatsApp group. Um, you're missing out on some quality banter already. Um, but look, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. I've been at CDNFL. the NFL. He's been at IT Hedgehog, and Pete's Power Rankings are out now pete finally how difficult was that goddamn thing to do this week with so many crazy
1: results (laughs) extremely difficult that the top 10 was almost almost impossible
0: and you did right not shuffling the saints down the board when we all tried to strong arm you and peer pressure you into doing a teddy bridgewater gets the 12 10 win over the cowboys so uh pete knows best that's just you've heard it here first (laughs) So anyway, from ourselves uh, and hopefully we'll be coming out with the, um, you know, the well-deserved win against the Cowboys, but we're going to be stacked up against it. It's a Go Pack Go from me. It's a Go Pack Go, I'm sure, from Pete. And talk to you next week.
1: Go Pack Go.